Welcome to another episode of the I Am Jane Wilson pod, the Healing Rebel podcast. And today we are going to be speaking to Jack Munro from jackmunro.com. And I have asked Jack to be on the podcast because I have been to Jack several times for a variety of treatments on my healing journey. And a lot of the people that I'm introducing on the podcast are people that have helped me on my healing journey over the last few years. And Jack had been introduced to me by my partner to come for reflexology. And during reflexology, we had, were having a conversation. I can't remember what about. And Jack mentioned that she did talk therapies and tapping and like hypnotherapy and that we could maybe work on some of my stuff through that. So then I started coming for fairly regular initially yeah fairly regular tapping i think because that was the time my grand died that's right i think we did like a few tapping sessions weekly um Mm. and then quite often we tap and that comes to a natural end and then you came back for a bit coaching a bit of talk therapy and reflexology Mm. sort of kind of in between so um that's one of my things i think therapy should be appropriate for what you need in your life at any given time i don't believe in therapy for therapy's sake it has to be powerful for the client. It has to be something that not necessarily solves a problem or gets to a conclusion because reflexology is really good at supporting you and maintaining health and well-being. But just because you have it once a month doesn't mean to say once a week is better. Yeah. <laughs> once a month might be optimum for where you are in your life at that point and how it helps and supports you. Um, and talk therapies very much. It's easy to come and talk for an hour and a half with somebody but if there isn't, if it's not moving you forward or if it isn't getting you a conclusion or if it isn't helping you focus or find something or solve something, then it's just talking, mm-hmm. you know. Talking so, for talking sake. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's the pattern of quite often when you come for a mix of therapies, talk therapy, uh, reflexology, coaching, you know, hypnosis. Some people come for hypnosis once and then they transition to something like tapping or... Um, coaching and some people come for lots of sessions of hypnotherapy until the particular thing they want to deal with is is done or they feel it's yeah. done so yeah and I we're think, never done well exactly <laughs> <laughs> when i was at uni never cooked exactly when i was at uni my uh, one of our lecturers who was an acupuncturist said that she was taught that the best acupuncturists are those with no clients because you've solved everyone's problem she's a bit so far that's never happened so. <laughs> Thankfully, we get to keep doing this, so that's good. Yeah, so let's let's give this a wee bit more structure, and let's. You've been on the podcast before, mm-hmm. so we don't need to go through the history of how you got to where you got. People yeah. can go and listen to the podcast again. <laughs> but obviously, if bits come in, um, then that's fine. Like it's not you're not allowed to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> There's no rules on this podcast. <laughs> So I'll put a link in the the notes of how to hear the previous podcast. But let's go. Let's start with reflexology mm-hmm. and talk about what is reflexology. If somebody has maybe heard of it or never heard of it, how would you describe it and explain it? So legally, reflexology is a complementary therapy, which means that it can be used to complement allopathic medicine. But of course, you can actually use therapy however you choose to use it. You can use it in any way you want. So a complementary therapy um, is really, for me, a reflexology is a truly holistic complementary therapy. Not all complementary therapies are used are actually preventive in a holistic way. 
what reflexology is. So the belief in reflexology is that the whole body is mirrored on the feet and mm -hmm. also the hands, the face and the ears. But most reflexology that you would go for initially is foot reflexology, but you can get facial reflexology, hand reflexology and ear reflexology. So the whole body is mapped down onto the feet or the face of the hands. And by working um, the reflexes, so the reflexes are the reflections of, anatomically reflections of your body onto your feet. So for example, your liver is only on the right side of your body, so it's only on your right foot. Your spleen's mm -hmm. only on your left side of your body, so it's only on your left foot, things like that. And by working usually with your thumbs, but also with fingers, you're working different aspects of the body that you can't always get access to. You know, we can't, we're not surgeons, nor should we be. We can't go in and affect your liver or your kidney or your heart or your lungs. But when we work that on the feet physically and energetically, we can allow, we can't do anything to the body, but we can allow the body to start working for itself a bit stronger, mm. a bit more effectively, a bit more efficiently. That's why I think reflexology is totally holistic is because it does work on the emotional aspects, on physical, mental and spiritual aspects. And sometimes you can be breathless because you're going through grief, because you can't take a full breath, because you're mm. sad. And sometimes it could be an actual physical complaint. Asthma, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, she said coughing. <laughs> All of these things that, that might affect us physically. It could be the fact that... Um, you're emotionally overwhelmed and you're just not able to be present in every moment. So you're you're not taking full breaths, you're very shallow breath, mm -hmm. which can lead you to be breathless. Reflexology can can just treat the area and let the body do what it needs to do to, to normalise itself. We talk about homeostasis a lot, talk about that in allopathic medicine and complementary medicine. And homeostasis is just getting the body to that harmonious place that it needs yeah. to be. It's not disease-free... It's not tension free, it's not, you know, lack of emotions or any of that. It just means being in the best place for you at any given time in yeah. the most efficient and effective manner. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't be completely upbeat and hyper at midnight because yeah. that's not being in a balanced or harmonious state. But you may want to be like that at seven o'clock in the morning when you're getting ready for work. Mm -hmm. So it's about being, homeostasis is about being the best you can be in every minute, physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. Yeah. And I personally believe reflexology is great at supporting that. Mm -hmm. It's very pleasant to get and interesting to get. It can be. I don't particularly um, advertise as being relaxing because if there's discomfort, if there's disharmony in your body, sometimes reflexology can be painful. Yeah. Sometimes it can be annoying, sometimes we tingly, it can be all these different sensations. Of course our aim as therapists is the end of a, a treatment, I do a lot of balancing and just to make you relaxed, to make sure that that's mm -hmm. the last thing you remember, is feeling calm and uh, you know totally connected back to yourself. But yes, and it's really interesting when you say to your client, have you had a problem with your wisdom tooth? And like, how do you know that? <laughs> well, it's actually mapped on your foot and this is the mm. point I'm on. So people are always kind of a bit taken aback, like, how mm. did you know that? So it can be really interesting when you start to tell people about their bodies or tell people about some of the things they might be experiencing just by touching their feet. And, I mean, I've been doing this for nearly 20 years and it still amazes me to this 
day yeah. every pair of feet regardless if I've seen them once or seen them a hundred times still teach me something yeah. and you can never make assumptions as a therapist or certainly as not as a reflexologist that you know what somebody's feet are like because our feet change all day every day yeah because yeah, so. I know you've said to me when we've been in things felt different mm-hmm. and then I've explained something that's ha- that I've done uh, like in exactly, another yeah. in another and like, part ah, of my treatment and then it's, it's kind of puts the <laughs> totally. puts the puzzle together and every time I've, I'm here you notice something different you're like oh the last time this was pushing back and this oh, time it's more free or I was actually teaching um, the last couple of days and one of the things I was teaching was fruit reading and I said to one of my clients one of my students sorry people would come to me and say do you remember you read my feet and I'm like no don't remember you <laughs> and like yeah no it's me Sharon and I'm like oh lovely Sharon don't remember you and then I'll look <laughs> at their feet and I'm like oh my goodness so much has changed since the last time do you remember last time this was going on and, they, and they're like yeah totally and I'm like I don't know why I remember feet but I don't remember faces and I'm like of course I remember you Sharon <laughs> remember I said do this do that I mean it's not quite as cut and dried as that but it's amazing when I touch feet even if it's been a while since I've seen them how much can come back so yeah and that's just about communication our bodies communicate in so many ways mm-hmm. and reflexology is how the therapist communicates with the client via their feet you have to build up trust you have to build up um being able to hold a space for somebody to be exactly as they want to be to mm-hmm. experience that exactly the way they want to experience it some people sit and talk some people lie back and zone out some people do a bit of both that has to be their experience and what and just because I tell them something it doesn't mean to say they have to take it or believe it or use it. Yeah. It's entirely up to them. But I do find that that's part of the why I love why I'm passionate about reflexology. I do love the fact that we can just get in contact with people, get into mm-hmm. their energy and their physicality so easily through reflexology. Yeah. And it's always fun surprising people going, You're not drinking a lot of water though, are you? And I'm like <laughs> Yeah, uh, 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 design brew count. Like no, no, it doesn't. Certainly no, I am Because <laughs> there are reflexologists that do advertise that they do it for relaxation, totally. and I've been to a few a few therapists that do relaxation, and it's a very different experience from how you do it. So if I know that there's something going on in my body, yeah. I'll come to you. Mm-hmm. If I'm like, I just need to totally chill so and mellow yeah. out, then I'll maybe go to somebody else. But even the way they touch, yeah, like your touch is quite firm, mm-hmm. and their touch is like you actually touch your feet. Quite feathery. Yeah, I think that's really important. You have to find, um, first of all, a therapist that you you trust and you you know, uh, in my view, is well qualified. But listen to how they present themselves. Listen to what they're telling you they're going to do for you, because absolutely sometimes you need a treat and sometimes you need a treatment. Mm-hmm. And each has its own value. There is no competition between the therapists that you go to because you will go to them for your needs. Mm-hmm. And if somebody can um, give you exactly what you need at any given time, now they're still doing reflexology. When I first qualified in 2006, started my degree in 2003, 2006, there was 27 different types of reflexology registered. I think that's went up to like 67 or something. Mm-hmm. So people are, are are developing. Our modern reflexology is probably only about 50 years old, although the roots of it go back to the 1800s and then you can see it, you know, in Egypt and the tombs and, mm-hmm. excuse me, in China from ancient times. But we have always treated our feet as human beings, but our the way that we work so as it's developed, people have realised this is a really good way 
I mean, we don't really think about our feet and our le- lower legs a lot. We just let the water run over them in the shower. We might give them a bit of a wash now and again if we can reach our feet, you know? Yeah. But actually, for somebody to touch that part of your body is quite intimate. Mm-hmm. To somebody to relax that part of the body can have way more of an effect than shoulder massage. Yeah. And if you incorporate that in, you know, if somebody comes and does reflexology on lower f- on feet and lower legs, um, and especially if they're doing it for re- relaxation, there is more of that massage element, that slow, steady movement of the body in the same direction that the body's moving in, helping the body to, again, get rid of any toxins, to make mm-hmm. sure blood circulation is as is, is good as it can be. That really empowers the body to do healing, to do yeah. normalising. it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. But without forcing it without pushing it yeah. um, and I am quite firm and I'm, I'm you know that's the way I prefer to work it doesn't mean to say that I don't adjust it for the client of course I do yeah but yes I do treatments which means mm-hmm. that I you know people do come to me and you everyone has their own client base yeah doesn't mean to say I'm better or worse than another reflexologist or another reflexologist doesn't know as much or I don't know as much we all have our own flavor I suppose yeah and that's the beauty of it we can mm-hmm. give the clients what they need yeah so yeah yeah I remember I used to go for acupuncture and I remember hearing somebody in the room next to me getting um it was reflexology they were in getting <laughs> from a, the Chinese medicine doctor and the person yeah. was screaming and I'm like I've never had a treatment like that I don't fancy getting reflexology in here sounds dangerous and I think Thai reflexology is even another step because they use use little wooden um, Mm, sticks I think the thing is as well that if you think about this if you go to your dentist and your dentist continually hurts you or doesn't listen to what you want done in the way you want it done you won't go back so we have to pick a therapist that does what we want and makes us feel the way we want to and sometimes that's relaxed and sometimes that's changed and sometimes it's a massage sometimes it's reflexology sometimes it's acupuncture or whatever it is and I think people can be a bit scared sometimes go oh I've got a reflexologist I can't go to my other reflexologist or I've got a reflexologist I better just have a massage no absolutely just like your hairdresser like once you found your hairdresser that's them for life exactly until they dump you (laughs) (laughs) or you move country (laughs) I actually I used to work in the east end of Glasgow now I work um, in well northwest of Glasgow and I had to say to one of my clients oh I've got some news and she went you're moving aren't you I was like yes I am she's like right where to is it Aberdeen I'll come once a month and I was like no, it's to like the West End of Glasgow, well, the West End of Glasgow, West End adjacent. I'm moving into Mary Hill, and she's like, "Oh, that's fine. I can still come there." And I thought, how nice it should come once a month to Aberdeen for me. But I'd have done that for a hairdresser. I would have yeah. done that for a therapist. I'd yeah. have done that for the person that made me feel better. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to follow her. Yeah. So yeah, you don't don't feel. I mean, it's nice to be loyal to a therapist, and that's how we keep our businesses going, and it's really important, and we really are are grateful for that. But don't think just because you've got a reflexologist, you can't have another reflexologist. Yeah. Or one ma- some people do sports massage and remedial massage, and some people do hot stone massage. They're mm-hmm. very different experiences. Yeah. I personally think if people do too many things, then are you really getting the best of them? Mm-hmm. If somebody specialises in those sort of relaxation, spa, nurturing massages, and then somebody does sports remedial and, and deep tissue, you're going to get the best of each of those 
Yes, because they're coming from very different approaches. You need to know very different information. You know different levels of information about the muscles, about how they mm-hmm. react, and all that kind of thing. So, not go to a specialist, but go to somebody that's really passionate about what they do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because sports therapy was, <clears throat> sports massage is one of the things that I learned when I was at college, but I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't offer it because mm-hmm. I don't. And it's a lot of effort to do so I'll say absolutely <laughs> and I've had massage therapists throughout the years who started off doing that kind of you know deeper stuff sports stuff but as they have got into their career and as they've done more and more massage over a longer period of time they've gone to the more gentle ones because it yeah. takes a lot of your body mm-hmm. you could potentially do three hot stone massages back to back yeah but doing three deep tissue remedial massages back to back very different experience yeah. you know so yeah, yeah. Fab, right, let's move on. EFT. Let's talk uh, about EFT tapping. EFT, yeah. what, what is it? What is it? Well, EFT and tapping. EFT has changed its name because um, Gary Craig, the original inventor of EFT, um, stopped teaching, or he's teaching in a different way, and said, you know, from now on, if you don't train with me, you have to call it tapping. But it's essential. Well, tapping slightly more simplified than EFT. So emotional freedom technique, it's kind of in the name. It's about tapping on different meridian points in the body while you say statements, affirmations and anti-affirmations. So you might start off with, even though I can't change this and there's no way this can get better, which is an anti-affirmation. And then turn it into, well, maybe I could try. Maybe if I was willing to let myself change, you know, and you start to change the story. And you're basically taking the emotion out of the action or the memory um, if you have a memory from childhood from last year, from last week, that's particularly painful for you to remember, or there's a lot of emotional attachment that you keep getting drawn back to, we can tap on that and release the emotion from it. So you can still mm-hmm. have the memory, but without having that drag back. And yeah. There's a lot of stuff that we talk about emotional baggage, don't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone's got emotional baggage. As if that we've got to carry these huge, big suitcases of emotions around with us. It's actually okay to let some of that go. It's actually really powerful to let some of that go. And what I love about tapping is you literally tap on fa- points on the face and just on the collarbone. And there's about nine points. And the therapist does it. Well, you know, the therapist leads and says the words while you're tapping, af- you know, following afterwards. It's really simple. Yes. And sometimes it's so simple, you're like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love... When we're in a tapping session, you can see and feel things move and people have things that come up and go, oh, that reminded me of that. Right, well, let's go back and because yeah. it's connected, let's go back and tap on that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I feel quite calm. And then they go away and they come back the next time. They're like, this is really weird because that didn't happen. I went initially in 2008, although I trained in 2004, I went to a therapist in 2008 because I was terrified of public transport and getting on public transport. Yeah. And I used to plan my panic attacks on the bus route. <laughs> And I'd be like, oh, I'll have one there. And then when I get down the road, I have one there. And then final one will be just as we go down there. And so I'd went to this, I lived in Edinburgh at the time, and I'd went to this, uh, this therapist and did EFT with her. And I said, look, I know EFT, so I know how to get around it. So you need to firm <laughs> with me. So we tapped on, and she lived right, She lived literally right next to where I worked and where I went to uni. So it was the same bus route I had to go home from hers. So we tapped for a, just over an hour and I was like, fine, you know, we'll see how that works. So I got on the bus and I was like, I always used to stand up so that if I did have a panic attack, I, I could have room around me and I wasn't sitting like, you know, I didn't feel hemmed in. So I stand up and I was daydreaming and I was like, oh, oh, I've gone past my first panic. <laughs> 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 and I was standing on the bus going, 
<laughs> trying to will my body into panic and I could not panic for the life of me. And I'm like, do you want to double panic the next time when we get down to the next point? <laughs> I'm saying this in my head. As a rational adult who does therapies, I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm going to panic double tick. Don't worry, Jack, you've got this covered. And I got down to the next point. I'm like, here it's coming, here it's coming. Hey, oh, 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 I can't not panic. And I kind of was like, why can't I find this? And I started to get a bit annoyed. And I was like, I wonder if that tapping worked. <laughs> <laughs> so was that the first time that you'd noticed that it was worth it? No, because I worked, tapped a lot on myself. And I yeah. talked about when you tap on yourself, you know, you're tapping on safe things. You're tapping on things yep. you want to make better, but you're not really necessarily confronting yourself. I'm not like that now. I do, I do a bit more challenging work now. So this is, I phoned her up and I didn't know her. She's one of my closest friends now, but I didn't know her at the time. And I was like, I, I do EFT. Um, I want to do it on public transport. Um, I know all the shortcuts to avoid it. So you're going to have to be really, you know, challenging with me. She's like, I can do that. And I was like, boy, you're right, you could. And I didn't really realise, I knew, I was like, that's a great session. That's good. I wonder if that'll yeah. work. But our subconscious is very different from our conscious. Mm-hmm. So my subconscious was trying to panic and then my conscious goes yeah yeah this is familiar panic here jack but my body had nothing to give because the emotion had been taken away we'd literally tapped it away yeah and once it's gone it's gone you 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 can't bring back a memory that you've taken the emotional aspect out of you can remember it yeah but you can't bring back that charge because the body is efficient the body has no time to once it's let go of something it's got no time to bring it back yeah so I was like, okay, and then we got to the third point, which was down a hill and turning right, which was my kryptonite, and I slightly panicked. I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine, still work to do. I'll go back next week. <laughs> it's funny how we try and cling on to totally, these things. Totally, we're we know so invested. Absolutely, we're so invested in these safeguards, and of course, they're not safeguards at all. Yeah. They're they're keeping us, and there's a great meme, isn't there, that you need to step out of your comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And it can be quite trite, and you know, that's very cliched, but it's actually a lot a lot of truth in it, that we keep ourselves safe and small, even if it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. because it's familiar. Yes. And we're like, well, okay, it's it's uncomfortable and it's a bit hurtful over here, but I know it. And if I go over there, it could be 10 times better. But what if it got worse? <laughs> yeah. So I'll just stay in this discomfort because at least I know where I am. Mm-hmm. And and that is true for a lot of us. But it is really interesting because I think once you start to release things and start to realise that therapy works or has worked for you, yeah, it starts to motivate you. It starts to think, well, what else, am I po- uh, what else is possible for me? What else can I do? Yeah. Where else can I take this? What else could I get rid of? Mm-hmm. So I do sometimes see clients who come from before or five tapping sessions and that's fine. They've, they've done the work they want to do. And then they'll come out and go, listen, this has happened. Do you think we could tap on that? Yeah. And you can tap on anything. Mm-hmm. I had a client recently who's like, um, we'll start tapping. And she wanted to get rid of um, panic attacks, funnily enough. And I, we started tapping. And she was like, oh, no, I don't feel safe doing this. And I was like, okay, let's tap on. Even though I don't feel safe doing this. I don't want to get rid of yeah. my, ta- my I want to keep them. These panic attacks are mine. And I don't want to give them away. And she's like, okay, that feels stupid. I was like, okay, even though this feels stupid and I don't want to do this and it feels silly. And she's like, all right, I think I need to grow up. Okay, even though I need to grow up, you know, and we're tapping <laughs> on that. Because when the when you start tapping, the body starts to give up its information. It's hidden information of where this has come yeah. from, what's attached to it, what's causing it, mm-hmm. why you don't want to. And you're literally, you're almost 
taking the body into all these places and going, well, we'll solve that problem, we'll solve that problem. And it's like, well, where'd I go now? Until <laughs> so eventually it's like, okay, fine. I'm backed into a corner. Let's work on the <laughs> actual thing. Let's work on the actual thing that caused all this. So, um, but it always has to always be in within the client's comfort as well. You know, yeah. it's very much about, that's a lot less threatening. If I said to you, let's tap on, I don't want to give up these panic attacks. That's much less threatening than going, I, you will give up these panic attacks. Yeah. You will go over this. Because the body, once it's confronted, and the mind, when it's confronted, it goes into safety mode. It goes yeah. into, no, I need to be safe here. And the body's always programmed for safety, and we forget that. Yes. So, as a therapist, especially when we're tapping, and there can be things... So, tapping takes you to wherever the, the, the history and the roots of these are. So, I can tap and somebody say, okay, these panic attacks, and they're very common, and I don't know where they come from, and they happen once a day. And then we tap and I'll say to somebody, does anything come up for you? And they're like, I seem to remember when I was six and playing a game of hide and seek with my cousins that I got locked in a cupboard, but I don't remember it bothering me at the time. I'm like, right, that's yeah. where we're tapping. Yeah. Because whether I know, I don't need to know the ins and outs, it, body knows there's a connection there. Yeah. Body knows that for some reason that's connected to your panic attack. So let's yeah. tap on that. There's no way as human beings we could tap into that without letting the subconscious bring it up in its own time yeah because we the body remembers everything that's ever happened to us but we can't hold that in our conscious mind because we get nothing done go mental <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i remember that time i had that really nice ice cream when i was four i wonder what shop that was <laughs> we just we don't have the space or the capacity yeah. to carry it but our body remembers mm-hmm. if you're walking down the street and an alsatian jumps out at you and you get a big fright you're like oh my goodness I thought I was going to come over the fence, but you're walking your own dog. Like, I, I like dogs. Why did that bother me? Yeah. And then you go home and you say, oh, mama just gets big fence. She's like, oh, there was a big station lived next door when you were only three. You used to be terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so body remembered that. Yeah. And it was only Alsatians. It wasn't any other type of dog. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, Alsatians are amazing. I love them. against Alsatians. <laughs> <laughs> just the one that came to mind just the one that came to mind <laughs> one of my favourites so yeah the body I was going to quote a book there the body keeps the score you know yeah. it, is an, it is an amazing thing when you understand that everything we've ever experienced is in there and if we're emotionally charged to it we can bring it out and let it go that yes. de- totally decreases our emotional baggage it decreases the amount of things we have to carry around with us we have to think about and feel stops has been triggered in new situations when it's an old thing that's come back up yeah and it's very free it's called emotional freedom technique for a reason because it does free us up yeah and that's what i love about it and your body will never release something for you to deal with until it knows you're ready to deal with it. absolutely there's an old saying that's saying we're never getting more than we can deal with and and you're like that really because this feels like a lot to deal with but you this is what i love about the fact that it's a you know it's a gentle process the body will literally go here's another wee bit and here's another wee bit and i'm ready to give you this and i'm mm-hmm. ready to give you that it's almost impossible to force somebody to give you more than they're ready to give you and if yeah. you do you're in the wrong not the person so mm-hmm. yeah the body will literally just hand you this next wee slice of information or this next mm-hmm. wee bit of of a uh, context and i love that because the body's in charge of that whether that's the mind, the subconscious mind, the conscious mind, or the body itself, it's it's us. It's whatever's in yeah. us. Yeah. And that's what I love. And 
you, this probably won't surprise you to hear that obviously I, I'm the type of person that likes to force things and um, there was one time I'd gone it was, wasn't with yourself it was with somebody else and every time they, they asked me a question I just was like I want to go to sleep I just kept yawning and it was, I felt mm-hmm. so tired and I'm like I, there's no I can't get a train of thoughts I was really struggling to say sentences and stuff like that I've recently been reading the pocket guides to the polyvagal theory mm-hmm. and one of the nervous system functions is parasympathetic that collapse where like play dead if it was a it was a mouse and it's just like this is a, a safety measure of it, shutting down because it's a trauma response. It's not mm-hmm. absolutely this is not the time or the place to be it's that play dead that kinda yeah. I just can't co- I'm shutting down. No, does not compute. Mm-hmm. I can't take any more of this information in. Yeah. Absolutely. Um it's a trauma response and and in other books, uh, that's explained a bit more sort of psycholo- psychology based rather than metaphysics. But of course, it makes total sense. Why would the yeah. body keep you somewhere where it's not safe for you to be? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we talk about fight or flight, and we're so familiar with fight or flight. But there's freeze and fawn, which are part of that same yeah. uh, parasympathetic um, response. Where, and that would come under the fawn, you know, when we kind of play dead, yeah. we kind of do that kind of submissive, give up don't see me, I'm not here, it's not safe, and freeze, you know, we can freeze as well, and be like, oh, and I remember when I had my my kids were really young, and my son was ill, we were visiting my sister in Berlin, and he was being, you know, being sick, and and I was like, getting him in the sink, and just stripping his clothes off, and putting a cloth on him, and cleaning up, and and she was like, how do you know how to do that, because she didn't have any kids at the time, and I was like, because you just do, and she's like, oh, I think I would freeze, and I was like, well, if you did, that's because your body thought that was the safest thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. But quite often we don't freeze. Quite often we go into that fight autopilot. Autopilot. Exactly that kind of oh. But when it's ourself, it's a very different. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are targeted or confronted, and we freeze, there's a lot of judgment in that. Like I can't, I couldn't do anything. Why did I freeze? Yeah. I don't know. But actually, it is the body keeping you the safest you can be in that moment. Yeah. And we need to release judgment on that, and that's again something that we can do through uh, tapping, because we there's a lot of guilt. Guilt doesn't help anyone. Guilt yeah. doesn't literally doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help the person that you you feel guilty towards. It doesn't help you. It's such a wasted emotion, and yet we carry it. We're taught it as kids. We carry it with us. First, grow up in the Catholic Church. Of course, <laughs> I was taught guilt. <laughs> you know, You're baptized guilt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it's almost worn as a badge of honour, you know, yeah. this kind of, I couldn't do that, but at least I felt guilty about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a waste of time and emotion, mm-hmm. such a waste of time, because it, it doesn't actually help anyone at all. Yeah. Absolutely nothing can be done with the guilt itself. All it does is rob you of your joy, rob you of your peace of mind. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, giving giving yourself permission to get rid of that can be quite a big thing, which is again where things like tapping and talk therapy come in, because you're doing it gently. You're saying to the body, "We're going to get rid of this little bit, but you'll still be safe." Yeah. And just you keep giving the little bits that keep you safe, but you're ready to get rid of. You know. Yeah. Um. And have you ever seen those hoarding programs on TV where yes. people hoard? And people can be quite harsh and go, well, "Just throw it away. You don't need it. Just throw it away." But actually, every single thing in our homes has a little piece of our emotion and and responsibility and focus from our from our mental focus. You would notice if something was missing from your house. Mm-hmm. You would notice if something was in the wrong place. You would notice if something had broken, and even if you hadn't used it for months. Mm-hmm. 
because we have a little piece of ourselves within these things. So when somebody hoards and you say, listen, let's just take this big and let us skip and put all that out there. Like, no, I need to touch everything, see how I feel about it. I need to know if it's going to be important yeah. to me because there's a little bit of me in every one of those things. And that's true of all our life experiences. That's true of all our memories, all of our, our perceptions, all of our beliefs. Um, and it's really funny because growing up, my mum would quite often contradict my memory of a situation and it used to drive me nuts and as a mother now my son does the same thing like I'll be like that's not how it happened but I don't say it to him because he's entitled to have whatever memory he wants yeah um and how we all remember things is completely different based on our own experiences yeah. and our own filter mm -hmm. of life yeah um so it's really important for us to be able to give these little bits up in our own way in our own time and and yeah, we can all hoard our emotions, we can all hoard our memories and our experiences, but there are ways to get rid of that and yeah. leaves you loads of room to fill them back up. Exactly. <laughs> What's good thing? Um, one of the things that I really love about doing EFT is you don't know what's going to come next and you don't know where totally. it's going to go because I did NLP back in 2010, 2011 and I went and did the training. Mm -hmm did the practitioner training and then the master training so I knew the questions, I knew what was coming so already I was working out, like you were saying oh, I've already done that mm -hmm. and I can go around this but there are things that you see that you're like where did that come from mm -hmm. and then you'll pick up on wee body twitches or mm -hmm. something you're like oh there's something there, we're going we're gonna to tickle yeah. that and see what's going on <laughs> and I'll say to people, oh did anything come up for there? No you took a big sigh, what was that about? Oh yeah, I don't, my brother popped into my head, oh, okay anything particular about your brother? No well, yeah. <laughs> he used to always call me this nickname and I hated it. Okay. Yeah. I wonder why that's relevant right now. Uh -huh. Let's just tap on that. Um, and that's the body giving up those little pieces of, yeah. all these little jewels of information to say, okay, you can work on this because I'm ready to give you this. Mm -hmm. You can see where this takes you. And actually, this is about being bullied at school, but I can't take you straight there. I'm going to take you a wee circuitous yeah. route mm -hmm. that's safe because I'm ready to give up the brother's nickname because that's not too sore, that's yeah. not too dangerous. But actually, this was about something that happened later, four years, five years later on. Mm -hmm. And then it's repeated again because I got into a belief about it. So the body just gives you these wee jewels. And then, you know, people go, um, well, I was teaching EFT, um, I was going to say last year, but of course it wasn't, it's 2019. Um, it was last year. In person, exactly. <laughs> in, in actual person. 2019 to 2022. <clears throat> last <exactly>. year. <laughs> and so um, I had to do, it was, it was the second part of the training, so it was practitioner training. So I, there was five people, I think, there. And I said, right, I'll do, <clears throat> excuse me, just a quick tapping with each of you, just to show you what I'm talking about. Pick something really innocuous. <laughs> And uh, so this one woman said, oh, actually, I, it's it's about my horse. My horse has got a bit of an attitude problem. And we ended up tapping on the fact that her dog was really unwell and she was really worried about her dog being unwell. Mm. But it was just, oh, my, my, my horse has got an attitude problem, you know, and, and it's annoying me. And you're like, how do you get from one to the other? You yeah. Know? And somebody had started to, some one of the, the participants had said, well, mine's going to be really, this is literally really... I'm really annoyed at, you know, my, my my curls drive me mad in my hair. And we ended up getting to the fact that our mother used to, like, not intentionally, but used to make these kind of throwaway comments about, you're unruly here and it's yeah. so hard. And she's like, my, dad, my mum always loved me. And she's like, I had no idea that's where it was going. <laughs> and it's, it's, the body has to start out gently. Yeah. Even if you come and say, right, I want to get rid of this habit, I want to 
confront this behaviour, it'll still start out gently, you know. Yeah. And when you find the emotion, when you feel the feeling, that's where you know you've struck gold. Yeah. And I don't... People can come to me, and this is actually a point that's really worth making. I've talked with people who say, I can't tell you, I can't vocalise it, I can't say it out loud. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this thing I'm thinking of and can't say it out loud, I'm willing to let that go. This thing I um, can't talk about, it's been with me long enough. Yeah. And we can tap around that, so people don't even need to confront. That's what I love. We don't need to go back and relive anything. Yeah. Um, we don't have to go back and find the source. The, if the body doesn't throw up the source, that doesn't throw up the source. We're just tapping on that event. So yeah. I love the fact that you don't have to relive anything. You don't have to re-traumatise yourself. Yeah. You don't have to bring all this back, signs back. You can just, excuse me, tap on it or find the feeling that you feel about it. Mm-hmm. So it, my panic attacks when I was on the bus... I wasn't necessarily tapping on the panic attacks. I was tapping on how I felt about having the panic attacks. Yeah. Because that's safer. That's one step removed. Yeah. And inadvertently, I happened to be tapping on the panic attacks. Yeah. To the event that I didn't have any. Like an hour later, I'm like, what? How very dare you, body? That <laughs> was you my safe that, zone. You've removed that link. Yeah. It's almost absolutely. like taking taking the match out. It can't. The flame can't jump yeah, over. Yeah, I love that. I love that picture. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Anything else you want to talk about about EFT? I just think it's such a great thing. Everyone should try it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a daily I thing. Agree. I tap, you know, probably about five minutes in the morning and maybe about ten minutes at night. If, and if I've got other things I want to, I'm doing a program, a 12-week program just now on tapping. Um, it's so portable. You can, If you're somewhere and you, you don't want to tap, you can visualise the tapping. You can visualise yourself tapping on the points. Because you don't even have to move around all no. all of the points. No, there's one at the, the, the side of your, the karate chop. It's called the karate chop point at the side of the hand. Yeah, you can use it. And there's the gamut point, which is an emergency stop point, which is between fingers three and four, just below the knuckles. Yeah. And Sorry, four and five, just below the knuckles. And you can just sit and tap that. Nobody would look at you twice in the bus if you were sitting doing that. Yeah. Nobody would sit, look at you twice. There's one on your chin, right in the middle of the chin. Nobody would think twice if you just sat and held your chin. Yeah while you're on a bus, while you're in a meeting, and you're actually bringing your, your anxiety down or bringing your mm-hmm. fear of public speaking down or whatever, so yeah. Yeah, we'll, actually we'll touch on this a wee bit as well. You mentioned that you tap on the meridian line points. Mm-hmm. What are meridian line points? So there's a lot of different thoughts about what the meridians are. So meridians are one of the, the, the fundamentals of traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. And they're basically roots through the body there's 12 well there's let's say hundreds of meridians but there's 12 main meridians and they're based on the organs and the reason they're based on the organs is because traditionally when this was first invented the organs were based around the chinese court so the emperor was the heart the general was the um the liver because it was the most important next to the heart and all these things so all of the meridians were given names in relation to the organs, even though they don't necessarily go through near the organs, they don't necessarily you know, have anything to do with the organs. If the organs are moved, the meridian still stays. And it's the energy. So a lot of energies are attached. There's a lot of belief that the meridians are very similar to how we mapped out the nerves. Yeah. And if I was to tell you, we actually only started mapping out the nerves in 1914. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sir Henry Head and Sir William Hulse Dr. Sir William started talking about the nervous system and, and actually ma- mapping out. So our understanding of the nervous system is massive. When I was at university, we talked about two nervous systems, central and yeah. uh, peripheral. 
there's seven now, I think, you know. So <clears throat> we understand so much more in the last, you know, 20, 30 years than we did in yeah. the 30 before that. Whereas the meridians explain energy movement, blood flow, chi flow, fluid flow, like lymphatic fluid yeah. and things like that. And they're a way of accessing, again, different parts of the body. If I'm tapping on my forehead and I'm tapping on a gallbladder point, I'm nowhere near my gallbladder. Yeah. Gallbladder is about responsibility for decisions, decision-making processes, taking ownership of those decisions, difficulty-making decisions. So I'm tapping into the energy of that in my body. Mm -hmm. I'm tapping into the energy of that. Um, and we're tapping meridians, we're kind of noising them up a wee bit. You know, we're yeah. kind of going, hello, let's just make something happen here. Hello, let's just wake <laughs> the body up. So, but we can also soothe in the same way as well just like imagine um and this is a great analogy it's really true imagine you're stroking a cat or a dog mm -hmm. and you're stroking it in like where their fur goes now imagine stroking it the opposite way yeah and we can do that with meridians we can soothe them or we can stimulate them yeah so when we're tapping on them we're stimulating them but with the words that we're doing and the way that we're tapping we can also bring soothing about in the body yeah so the meridians are a way for the body energy movement to be explained and in, in Chinese medicine it's chi or ki that's um, the, the, the vital energy flow, the vital yep. life force um, but actually when you look at the, the way that the nerves exist in the body there's a lot of correlation there's a lot mm -hmm. of ways that it's actually the, body, the Chinese didn't dissect um, bodies, they only observed so there's a lot of nervous responses that are attributed to meridian energy flow mm -hmm. that we would now in the Western world call a neurological reaction. Yes. So the meridians explain basically our, the, the flow of our vital life energy or, yeah. you know, through the body. And I love that. I love the fact that we can tap right into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And actually, if we were able to, a lot of the tapping I've done recently is about... Um, the nervous system and actually calming the nervous system because a lot of people are way overstimulated in the nervous system. Yeah. So if we could devices, yeah, <laughs> TVs, laptops, screens generally, just artificial light. Yeah. Uh, start off artificial light. The yeah. fact that we get up with alarm clocks and not with the sun. Yeah. That already stresses our body. The mm -hmm. fact we go to bed five hours after the sun went down, that stresses our body. Yeah. We we maybe normalised it, but it stresses the body. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's something when I started looking into why my body was inflamed. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's going on here? And it was sleep cycles, <laughs> light, light pollution, noise pollution. If I was to say so, to somebody, tell me which social media you prefer, they'd be like that, oh, Instagram, Facebook. Tell me um, what your circadian rhythm is. My what now? Yeah. The thing that wakes you up and puts you to sleep. The thing that gives you energy in the morning and, and not so much at night. The thing that makes you want to eat at certain times of the day and yeah. not eat at other times of the day. You know, the important things and they're like, oh, right, no. I, I know the important things like, you know, McDonald's is a special offer on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm, I'm being jestful. But our focus is much more in the modern world and yeah. all the stimulation and all this information being ruled by a 24 hour clock but we don't actually know what rules us and it's our own rhythm our own natural rhythm with the moon and the sun yeah the stars the the waves the wind and that you know oh, oh i'm feeling really anxious about what it is it's windy outside it's blowing a hoolie what, <laughs> what? how was i going to do it so yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I talk to people about the like Ayurveda <coughs> and I'm and the three doshas and I'm like, 
yeah, when the weather changes, how your body experiences yeah. that will change as well. And they kind of look at me like, no. But then when they start paying attention, it's like, oh, it's really damp today. Oh, I'm really mucusy. Yeah. Oh, it's windy. I feel yeah. anxious and my skin feels really dry. And they do start to, start and to food, link it. Food's a big one as well. If you say to people, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, I had strawberries. I don't know why my stomach's upset. Well, that's because it's December. Mm-hmm. And strawberries are healthy. Not in December. They grow in Scotland late May into June. Yeah. That's when you should be eating strawberries. That's when your body knows that strawberries are available. Hey, what? But they're, but they're available all year round. In the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> but they were flown in from South Africa. <laughs> yeah. They're more well travelled than you are, you know? So, yeah, that just being in that rhythm of nature, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and just allowing your body, listening to your body and allowing your body to inform you, that's super important. And that's what I love about talk therapies, particularly EFT. Your body informs you. Yeah. So what other talk therapies do you draw? Are you drawn to? I do. It's a funny thing. I do coaching, but everyone's a life coach these days, and I don't mean coaching in the sense of um, necessarily, you know, that business. You know, business coaching is a very different thing. That can I get you to result, make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose counselling with a small C in the sense that people come in and talk, and then I'll use whatever techniques I may feel appropriate for them to get the yeah. outcome they want. So not counselling in the sense of traditional counselling because that's what counsellors do, but listening to people. People have said to me, do you know what, Jack, I come to you for your fixology, but I only just come for that. That's the bonus. I actually just come to talk to you for an hour. Yeah. So I've said that to you before. <laughs> loads of, you know, loads of clients have said that to me because being listened to is super important and we don't listen to each other anywhere near enough. We don't even listen to ourselves anywhere enough. So people come in and just being heard. My, my talk therapy sessions are a minimum of two hours to start with mm-hmm. because that first hour is just somebody talking about anything and everything. And I'll be taking some notes and I may do a little bit of gentle question, questioning. And then I go, that sounds like, you know, we should maybe do a wee bit of hypnosis. That sounds like maybe we could do a wee bit of coaching. Have you asked, thought about this? And and then I'll maybe just launch into coaching or something. Yeah. Um, I may be like, okay, that's interesting. Let me just ask you this question. And just being gently challenging and saying, well, how does that make you feel? What does that bring up for you? Right, well, let's just tap on that. So I love those bespoke sessions where people just come because they have a problem. I've got a couple of uh, younger clients that come actually, uh, 20, 2022, um, I've got a male and a female client. And God love them. One of the guys said to me, well, the 20-year-old said to me, but you're the only person that I know that I can talk to about this. Because for him it felt like adult grown up stuff and his friends yeah. were all still a bit, you know, young and Boys. you know, you know. <laughs> and he's like, You and I was like, Okay, so your challenge for this between now and our next session is for you to find somebody to confide in. Mm-hmm. And he actually did. He's like, Do you know, actually I opened up to one of my friends who's a girl and she was really understanding and she was like, Oh yeah, me too and you know, they've got that and they think the same. He's like, I know I had no idea anyone else felt this way. Mm-hmm. And it was lovely to be that person for him. Yeah. But imagine not having that in your life, anyone you feel you can open up to. Mm. And it was it wasn't in, you know, particularly shocking or anything, but he didn't want to speak to his parents because sometimes we don't want to speak to our parents. It's not appropriate. Although he'd a very, you know, good supportive parents. They sometimes try and fix things though, exactly. when you don't want them to fix. And I think a lot of his friends group he didn't feel that they would listen to him and he needed somebody to hear what he was saying. Mm-hmm. 
But in actual fact, he probably needed to hear himself say it as well, to take ownership of some of the stuff, to see his part in the situation mm-hmm. and go, yeah, okay, I can deal with that, but actually I can't deal with any of that because that's not mine. Yeah. And for somebody to say, well, you're worried about this, but you can't do anything about that. That's not your business, that's that person's business. And he's like, all right, so I don't need to fix it for them. No, that's their business. If they want to fix it, they'll fix it. All right, you've done your bit. That's up to them now. To, to And if they choose not to fix it, you can't do anything about that. You have yeah. to accept it. All right. Oh, wow. You know, and this kind of realisation <laughs> of, I don't have to fix everything. I don't have to make everything better. I didn't cause this, but yeah, I feel responsible. So it was, it was really powerful for him to have that outlet to just talk initially. And then I don't necessarily give you solutions because that's, counterproductive sometimes yeah i will help you find your own solutions i will help you find a way to release yourself from the emotional charge to get to a solution yeah i don't give advice if somebody said to me what you know several people have said to me do you think i should do this do you think i should do that and i'm like well that's not up for me because i don't have your lived experience i don't have your filters i don't have your life but what i will say is well let's discuss that let mm-hmm. First of all, why do you? Why are you asking me? Why don't you want to make that decision yourself? What are you missing that you need in order to make that decision? So I love just allowing people to talk, holding the space for them. Um, and you're right. Everyone wants you know. Everyone wants to give you a solution. Everyone wants to tell you, oh well, I've tried magnesium. Have you tried magnesium? Yeah. All right. Um, I do yoga. Have you tried yoga? I mean, half your class must be full of people trying to solve problems. You know. It's amazing that we all want to go. And of course, that comes from a, care, a, care, a place of care and compassion, yeah. and that's lovely. But sometimes it can be unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know, this is a really tough month, and I'm so tired, and I don't know, I just feel unmotivated. Oh, well, you work it out. You always do. You're like, oh, I wasn't helpful. And the person thinks they've been encouraging. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you just needed to be heard. You just needed somebody to go, oh, I'm sorry you're experiencing that. And mm-hmm. we don't do that. Yeah. We don't we don't listen to hear, we listen to respond. Yeah. So in therapy, in that talk therapy space, a person can come and just talk and talk and talk and talk. And then out of that come all those little gems of information of where we need to go to next, of how I've got the tools. And I have actually said to somebody and spoken to them for a couple of hours and said, Okay, this, this and this, I actually think you need counselling right now and I'm not able to do it with you, but I will refer you to somebody who I can recommend is extremely beneficial for your type of problem. Yeah. I don't think I can help you. I think you need to go back to your GP. I think you need to refer yourself to services or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important thing. Therapists need yeah. to know their own limitations. Mm-hmm. They need to know where it's appropriate for them to help and where it's appropriate for them to refer on. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, every industry has the fact that that's not always the case, but... We need to work to the the client's needs, not our own ego or our own needs. Yeah. Um. You can sit and talk about something to your blue in the face. It, it turns out you had to move. <laughs> you know. It turns out you yeah. know. I can say to you, I've got toothache. I've got a hole in my tooth. Oh, my tooth's really sore. Oh, I need to go to a dentist. Yeah, I'll get to a dentist. Oh, yeah, it's really sore. If I don't actually take that action and go to the appropriate person to sort it out, I can come and talk to you about my toothache tumbling in the face. Yeah. It's not going to get any better. No. So, and, and quite often with talk therapies, you do maybe two or three, maybe three or four sessions, and then the person goes, right, 
now I'm ready to do the next part. Now I'm ready to go and face this part of it. Now I need to go and see it. And I'll say to people, I think you actually need, and I would recommend acupuncture, but I would recommend you speak to somebody before yeah. and um, to make sure that they're happy with that process. And if they don't want to go to acupuncture, that's their, their choice. Yeah. Um, and that's where it comes to the point is, is it just therapy for therapy's sake? So I've given you as much as I can do. I've given you all of the help and support that it's appropriate for me to give you. Now you need to go somewhere else or not. Yeah. And it's about keeping the client at the centre of all these things. Because mm -hmm. it's, and, and, you know, it's easy. You can easily have somebody here every week talking to you and going, well, that's another 50 pounds, that's another six pounds, thank you. Yeah, you can't see them as your cash cow. No, that, but to me that's not ethical in business. No, it's not. Because we, I'm in part in your mentor group, mm -hmm. and that's something that we've discussed Definitely. quite in depth about when to pass somebody on. And I have passed, like I've had clients that have come to me for help with mental stuff, and I've just thought I could, I could do this because I've mm -hmm. done my NLP, mm -hmm. but I'm not the right person to do it. So then I'll refer them on to yourself, or depending on what it is. And quite the often, person. and quite often with regular clients, we get a relationship established with them, and it's not appropriate for you to help them because yes. you've you've heard a lot about. So if a client comes to me and is like, "Oh, I've had this problem with this colleague at work," and blah 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 blah, blah and you know. And you've helped them just by listening and maybe making suggestions or, or signposting them on. And then they go, oh, this friend from work wants to come and see you. And you're like, mm, that might not be appropriate. <laughs> that might not be, you know, yeah. a, a place where I can hold the space for both of you. And my loyalty is to you as a client, you know. Because I already think that they're a bit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we're, we've got to remember we're only human. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and if I want to do the best for my client, then I'm not the therapist for you because I'm yep. like that. And how very dare you act like that? And of course, mm. quite often, well, not quite often, people are always coming from their own truth. And there is always, well, there's a great saying, there's two sides to every story, but that's, there's three, there's your side, my side and truth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it's always appropriate. And, you know, if somebody gets from a talk therapy, but they need counselling, that's a very different skill. Mm. If somebody gets talk therapy but they need mental health, professional mental health yeah. um, services, that's a very different um, situation and it is only appropriate that they get the right help yeah. with the right person, you know. And yeah, I'm, I do encourage our mentoring group, everyone to get to know each other because you need good people to refer on to. You need to know yeah. you can refer to people who they're going to be well looked after mm -hmm. and they're going to get what they want. So it's important for us to network as, as therapists to make sure that we have people to refer on to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because as you said before about the reflexology, it's not there's no competition nope. between Absolutely not. because everybody's got a different skill set. I used to do the body and soul years years ago and I loved it in Glasgow and it was still at the concert halls. And um there was a woman who came up, the, we were right at the front of the stairs when we came up, and the woman came up and she's like, can, I, can you tell me about reflexology? And I was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. She's like, that sounds wonderful. And I said, well, I book you in. And she's like, yeah, can I have the blonde lady over there? And I was like, yeah, sure, just go and second. And I was like, my friend, Christine. I was like, Christine, could you see this lady? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm free. And one of my friends was like, do you not, how, you told her, how, what? And they were like, what is your problem? They're like, I, I'm enraged for you. <laughs> You told her all about reflexology and she wanted somebody else. And I was like, because she was drawn to her anyway. She yeah. probably thought that was the person for her. Yeah. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> Are you not mad? No. <laughs> I'm not 
Lord. Good time to be mad about that. Exactly. But, but it's then funny. There's, there's the ego coming yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what about me? What about me? Exactly. It's an easy place to trap, to fall into. I had another time where we had actually kind of mucked up the bookings a wee bit and we were super busy. And we actually had somebody run their table at Body and Soul. And this woman said, um, I was coming to you for reflexology. And I was like, I've got to do a food. And she was like, but I didn't want the blonde lady. I wanted to come to you. And I said, well, the universe has decided otherwise then, hasn't it? And uh, sat her down and I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll get away with that. Anyway, we both did. So the blonde lady did her, my friend Christine, and I did it. And at the end, I'm finishing my foot reading and the lady's away. And I'm talking to my friend Caroline on the desk. You know, who's coming next? Whatever. And I turn around and this, she's still sitting talking to the blonde lady. And they're swapping business cards and phone numbers and having a <laughs> laugh. And then they give each other a hug. And I was like, that. did you enjoy your treatment with the blonde lady? And she's like, oh, yes, I'm going to go and see her. That was wonderful. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, that's probably the universe had The universe did have and another plan. I was plan. like, the universe had my back, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but clearly, isn't that funny that that kind of weird situation happened, but actually they te- they hit it off. They were yeah. really, you know, in- involved in- and then she went to her for treatments, which is great. So isn't it funny how we're not, we're kind of shown where the energy is for us. We're kind of shown where yeah. the right therapist is for us. And yeah, it's, it's, of course it's easy for to have ego and go, oh, well, that was my client. No, I refer people all the time. Yeah. I refer people all the time and say, no, this is really good. This is the person that, that I would recommend. Um, and while you do that, let's stop reflexology. Let's stop the talk yeah. therapy because you can over-therapise, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Go and do that and let me know how you go on and feel free to come back. And that, for me, has to be the power in it because otherwise the client isn't at the centre of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just becomes a business. And I think we're very lucky as therapists um, that we get to do something we absolutely love and get paid for it. And it, it is easy to forget that it's a business sometimes. To our detriment. Also, <laughs> to our detriment. But also it can't become too business-like. Yes. You know, if you go to, say, one of the spas and they've got one hour for every treatment because they've got so many people coming through them. So your treatment's actually only 45 minutes because you have to get in and out. You're going to get a different experience there. Not a lesser experience, but a different experience. But the chances are you're only staying there for two nights and you never go back to that spa until the next time you book. It's a very different experience with us when people come to us week in, week out, month in, month out. So, yeah... It has to be appropriate for what you want in that given moment. And in mm-hmm. a spa, you want the most luxury for the shortest amount of time mm-hmm. that you can have. And they're stupendous at doing that. Yeah. But we have to see this person... And upselling you. Here's your treatment <laughs> card. These are the, the things I used on you. Buy them. <laughs> Buy them at the front, yeah. Um, I'm on commission. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, but we don't want it to be too business-like. That, that's a business where they have to get people in and out in an hour... They need to sell the products, you know, they yeah. want to make more money and that's um that's part of their how they get their commission structure for their, their pay and all that. So there's a balance between being a, a business and being too business like mm-hmm. or too business focused if you like and just saying, Oh that's a that's a bum on a seat and that's fifty quid. That's no. That's Margaret who's been coming to you for four years. Yeah. She's just had an operation, so we'll need an extra half an hour and yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about before we start wrapping this up? No, except it. Um, really fed up of consistently changing my business for coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so, but 
but one of the best offshoots of that is I'm doing loads and loads of meditation just now. I've done a couple of online meditation challenges. I'm doing one for the MS Society um, starting tomorrow, which I, I'm really excited about, although it's all pre-recorded. Um, the one I do, just the one I've just finished today has all been live. Um, and I love the fact that out of that challenging situation came a really great opportunity for me to use different skills. I've done meditation for years, but I'm doing it on a much bigger scale and I'm really loving it. I'm using a lot of affirmations. I'm writing affirmations every day. Yeah. I've written them for the last 31 days every day for people and then they repeat them. You know, I record them and they repeat them. And I really love that. So I'm loving the fact that, you know, it's been quite a difficult time to keep... Because we were 95% in person, you yeah. know, both of our businesses. And then suddenly I did teaching as well as... um as therapies and then suddenly 100% of your business goes and you're like what yeah, yeah. shit <laughs> what do I do now and so doing this stuff and it's all online which I love and I, I've really seen it blossom in the last four months doing all this meditation work so it's interesting to see that nothing is necessarily fixed in stone and it's nice that it's what's been taken away has kind of been replaced somewhat by this kind of meditation so yeah. interesting to see where that leads me indeed mm-hmm. and you've also got the introduction to Chinese medicine course got, coming up again. I've got three week courses coming up just now actually. I've got introduction to Chinese medicine which is open to therapists, yoga teachers, personal trainers, herbalists, nutritionists, body workers because it gives them a better understanding of how to assess, treat and support their clients yeah. or it can do depending on how they want to integrate it. So it's meridian theory, yin and yang theory and five element theory and it's just giving you the basis of those and how you can assess and look at your clients and how you can assess the information that comes from your clients bodies yeah. and then how you might support them in a different way so that's over three Saturdays starting in March I've also got a self-care uh, made simple course which is a one-day course online and we're going to be doing things like um, to help self-care to so do things like morning routines evening routines you're going to get templates for that setting boundaries which is always fun <laughs> um how to talk to yourself self-talk and the way that, yeah. that in her inner voice um so i'm looking forward to that that's on the six, sunday the 6th of march i think and then oh, i don't know if i can use sweary words um yeah the other one's me <laughs> <laughs> the other, i've actually got one i write it with a, an asterisk but it's actually in full glory on the on the poster so i've got one on the 20th of march called how to not give a fuck yeah and that's about learning how other people's businesses are your business. How mm. you don't need to get involved in drama. If you weren't on the the list of actors, then why are you playing in this drama? Yeah. You know, if you didn't help create this, then what on earth are you doing in the middle of it? How to care without caring. I yeah. know that sounds like a strange thing, but how to care about the world, but without actually giving yourself up and giving yeah. all of your energy and power away. Because we need to keep some of that for ourselves. And we're like, I don't understand why I'm so tired all I did was go to work today yeah but Janice and Barbara were having a fight all day and you were the mediator Mm -hmm. and you had to go to lunch with Janice and then to come back and you had to soothe Barbara then you had to listen to all of the and so all of this mental energy you actually didn't have to do any of that yeah and folk are like what (laughs) you have a choice and when I first Mm -hmm. got taught I had a choice to not get involved in other people's drama I'm like I don't think you understand let me do that once again in English I don't even understand (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean I had a choice? So this is about giving people those tools and techniques and real working things that they can go away and use right away. And it's like both of those courses are online for five hours, 12 to five, with a wee break uh, in the middle. Yep. 
online so you don't even have to leave your own house yeah um and they're both 50 pounds which i think is incredible bargain. value absolutely absolutely bargain. and for uh, five hours for five hours well that's that's the early bird which vanishes very soon and um so it will normally be 65 yeah yeah so um and it's just just because that's something that a lot of people are realizing now over the last couple of years it's something that's been really um, informative throughout lockdown is actually where were my needs in all of this when we're suddenly mm. in the house with either furlough or no money yeah oh my god what what do i what are my core beliefs what are my wants and needs yeah we talked about maslow's hierarchy of needs you know and folk like that wi-fi uh, wi-fi is really important and you're like well actually over the last two years wi-fi has been essential yeah safety and shelter is always essential but if i don't have money for food where does what do I do now? Where do, yeah. where do I go? So we've actually realised that the more we give to ourselves, the more we're in control of these things, the more resources we've got to deal with really unforeseen circumstances. So self-care is becoming a bit of a buzzword, but actually it's something we should have all been doing all along, yes. myself included, you know. <clears throat> um, and I, I like yourself, and I know this is something that you definitely do, everything I teach, I've gone through myself, all these techniques I use myself, all these yeah. techniques I've developed for myself and use myself as well. Um, and I've had a big wake up call over the last two years. Yeah. I've had a big, you know, slap to the face going, really? You're very good at saying that, Jack. You're very good at doing it, aren't you? Yeah. So this has been, uh, again, another gift within a very difficult situation. Um, and I think, well, do you know, actually, these are tools that are so super easy to use. Let me just pass these on. Because sometimes we're like that. Is it simple as that? I can't tell you the difference it's made going to bed at the same time every night. Yeah. Set my alarm for the same time every morning. Is that it, Jack? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's revolutionised my life. <laughs> and then an hour before I go to bed, I put my computer and my, my phone up. I deleted, and this is, I definitely take my lead from you on this, Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, I deleted my social apps from my phone. Yeah. I'm like, how many times the first day that I did that, I picked up my phone about 50 times. I'm like, what are you looking for, Jack? <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> and I was like, I don't believe how many times I did this. Yeah, I don't really believe that. And then you're like that. Oh, that's funny. Oh, and scroll, scroll. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my god, that's half an hour. Yeah. But I've got things to do, and I'm going to be late. But I had half an hour that I just laughed at my screen. So it's been really empowering to take all those things off my phone. But also, it was a real wake up call to realise how many times I was picking my phone up mindlessly to look yeah. at them. So yes. I yeah. get top marks for and that. I took I took <laughs> those apps off my my phone, and I now have them on another device. I still pick up my phone and I look and I'm mm-hmm. like, I've only got WhatsApp and emails on here. <laughs> and I still go in and I look and see if I've had any emails that I need to delete or no messages in my WhatsApp. And yep. it's like, oh my God, this We're is so still connected, a habit yeah. that you, you need, I need to break. So I now try and leave my phone in another room. And last night I actually let my phone battery die. Well, this is interesting because <laughs> at Christmas my, my son and my daughter will say, what do you want? Because I'm a nightmare to buy for. And I said to my son, I want an LED alarm clock that's big enough that I can see when I don't wear my glasses at night so I can leave my phone somewhere else yeah because I use my phone for a clock at night yeah I don't really I use it as a clock and a, a, a radio and I'll check three o'clock in one I wonder what's happening on Facebook who cares so now my phone Nothing. stays the other side of the, the room and I'm far too lazy and comfy at night to get out of my bed to go and look at it yeah because all I really needed was the, the time and now I can see the time at the side of my, my bed and that was so simple and I think the alarm clock, not that you should know your, your praise your gifts, but I had to send in the links. 
was like <laughs> nine ninety five. Yeah. Imagine not spending nine ninety five on yourself to solve a problem. But for months I was taking yeah. that phone to bed and going, I don't know why I'm tired. Well, between 4 and 5.30 you were scrolling on Instagram mm-hmm. and TikTok. That's why you're tired. But actually, you, you now I'll go, oh, it's 4.30, great, I get another four hours sleep or whatever. Yeah. So imagine not spending £10 on yourself. Self-care, that's self-care yeah. just to solve a problem that was actually impacting your life. So that's what these courses are about, to give you that information and knowledge and going, well, if you're not willing to spend ten pounds on yourself, don't come crying to me. Yeah, you know. And yes, I'm speaking to myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. I had I went for a walk with uh, one of my friends the other day. We were talking about something, and she was like, "Oh, I remember hearing, and said this piece of advice." And you know that way, I'm like, "That sounds really familiar." It was from my book, <laughs> and she was quoting this to you. This piece of advice to me that I had originally given to her in my book and I was like I think I wrote about that in my book she's like oh yeah that's probably where I got it from that is a good point though because sometimes we have, we to, have hear to go things back and so many times our yeah. Own advice. yeah we have to hear things so many times there's so many times I'll be doing and the universe is great at this you'll be doing four clients in a week and you'll ask funny why we're we all talking about menopause and I'll be like have you thought have you done have you tried what's your doctor have you this and I'll be like who were you talking to there Jack you or them because <laughs> this is the fourth person you said the same thing to this week why were these four people brought to you yeah <laughs> you're like okay I'll maybe take my own advice yes yes it's nice Definitely. that your book was so impactful that she remembered it after all that time so that's a win <laughs> That is a win indeed. That is a win indeed. Where is the best place for people to find all the information about your courses? All the information, despite it being all of our socials, the best place is on my website, which is jackmonroe.com. And Easy to all remember. There. Yeah, all there. And it's J A C Q. Yeah, M U N R O. No E. <laughs> no E. And I will put the link to that in the show notes Fabulous. as well. And I'll also put the links to your social media that cool. yeah. wants to follow so thank you very much Jack thank you it's always a pleasure it's been so to wonderful so if you have enjoyed today's podcast I would very much encourage you to follow Jack and also to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes and I will see you on the next episode